Hey, what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mod Chat. In case you do not know, Mod Chat is a podcast I try and do at least monthly in which I talk about new developments, news, and things that I just find interesting in the modding scenes. Now, Mod Chat is available in two different ways. It's first available in a video version in which you can watch this on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube channel, as well as a audio-only version so you can listen to this, well, like a podcast and take it wherever the hell you want to go. Simply look up Mod Chat, all one word on your favorite podcasting app or platform, and it will most likely be there in a nice MP3 format. Now, as for the visual this month, I figured I'd do something a little bit different here. Yes, I'm going to be using gameplay, but I figured I would show you all the GoldenEye 007 remaster gameplay here that I had played through a bit of, at least for this, just for recording, so hopefully you all can enjoy that. And I do want to talk about it because man this episode is going to be full of well a whole ton of games but before we get into that let's uh tackle some switch stuff here let's kind of just iron that out first and then let's really delve into the nitty-gritty game stuff first of all i did want to talk about atmosphere the custom firmware for the nintendo switch now at the moment this is really the only custom firmware which is actively being developed and worked on and by that i mean it is the only one that works on the current latest firmware which is 11.0.2 just as a recap with uh, i believe Ray NX being archived, so it now only works up to 10.2.0, as well as SXOS only working up to 11.0.0. So it's really safe to say Atmosphere is really the only active custom firmware at this point. Now, there have been a few updates here, with the most recent one being 0.18.0. However, I actually want to go back a few updates because I believe I did not cover this here, surprisingly. This is going way back almost a month ago, but 0.17.0 ended up releasing, which was Atmosphere's 42nd official release, and why do I bring this up? I bring this up because, as many people might know, but in case you do not know, Atmosphere at this point from release 0.17.0 and beyond officially supports Mariko hardware. That means that this does work on the new switches that have the better battery life, as well as the Switch Lite. Now, before anybody gets super excited thinking, oh, sweet, does that mean we could use software only to get into our Switch, boot it into RCM mode? No, 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 no. Unfortunately, for any Switches that have their eye patches patched, that are a Mariko unit or a Switch Lite unit, which is also technically Mariko, you do need another method of booting up into there. In short, what I'm saying here is you do need a mod chip to actually boot up the Switch into a exploitable state, and from there, you can then run Atmosphere. Now, you can take Atmosphere, and you can take the payloads, and you can pair it with something such as Spacecraft NX if you have a Switch with a SX Core or an SX Lite mod chip, and I I have covered Spacecraft NX before, but for anybody who does not know, when it states what is this, Spacecraft NX is a fully open source SX Core Lite compatible firmware that lets you play Space Invaders inspired minigame and load any payload you'd like. For anybody who's thinking what you're just going to do this for Space Invaders, no, 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 it's the any payload you like. That is what's important here. So again, you can take a switch that has been modded with a Core or Lite chip, 
you can reflash it with spacecraft nx firmware and then you can pair that up with atmosphere and you'll be able to boot up atmosphere on that with no issue so this is pretty big here and i know there's plenty of other updates that have been put on but i did want to cover this just because i had forgotten to cover this before somehow but either way it's really cool that you're now able to officially run atmosphere that way just the only part at this point now is you still need to go to get a hold of a SX core or SX light mod chip you still need to install it and then you'd need to go through the reflashing process and honestly at this point just because of all the stuff that has happened with team executor and you know what I've covered before I have a whole episode talking about team executor called the fall of team executor uh, there's a whole episode talking about that but because of all the situations that's going on there, as well as just, you know, like manufacturing of the SX Core and SX Lite mod chips, uh, unfortunately, you know, it almost seems like getting a hold of one of those chips might be harder than the actual installation itself. There was also some excitement over a new Switch Root update, which for anyone who does not know, and I, it's been a while since I've covered this. This is actually when Devin or Paranoid Coder was on the show when we last talked about this, and we had tried it out as well too, but there's been a new update to Switch Root for the Nintendo Switch, which in case you do not know, this is Android for the Nintendo Switch. Now, I've run a previous version of Switch Root and it ran beautifully. I was really impressed with it, but this is for Android 10. But anyways, let's just go ahead and read this here on XDA Developers. So the introduction states, a new updated version of Android for the Nintendo Switch, now based off of Android 10 from the Lineage OS 17.1 with Shield TV trees. It's faster, more responsive, and has many new features over the previous release, including Deep Sleep and an Android TV build. So the features here, Android 10 based on Lineage OS, well, Lineage OS 17.1, OTA updates, full Joy-Con and Pro Controller support with analog sticks and rails, that's good, Hori Joy-Con support, deep sleep that can last for weeks, that's pretty big, an Android TV based build, reworked fan profiles for quieter operation, optimized dock support with resolution scaling, a rewritten charger driver supporting USB PD and third-party docks, optimized touchscreen driver, easier install via Hikate partition tool, reworked simpler power profiles, much improved Wi-Fi driver with less dropouts. That is big. That was actually one thing I was running into on the old version. Uh, Switch or Shield TV remote app support for easy docked control, reboot to payload support, improved Bluetooth accessory support, and auto-rotation support. Now, the known bugs seem to be Shield games are broken, so do not buy them. Sleep may not work for a small proportion of devices. You can flash the alarm disable zip and try and mitigate this. Bluetooth audio might stutter on some headphones. You might need to reboot for Bluetooth to work on a small proportion of devices. Default keyboard can't be used with a controller, and some apps don't like the Joy-Con D-pad. I won't get into the nitty-gritty of it here, but all the downloads are available. There's even more flashable zips available, and it talks about installing this and such here, which it seems to be, you know, pretty straightforward and pretty well-written here. So if anybody is wanting to jump back into Switch Root, or if you're wanting to try it out for the first time on your modified Switch, well... I can definitely recommend it. I mean, I thought it was pretty cool when I tried it out. Now, let's go ahead and talk about, without a doubt, my favorite portion of this, of all the news that I'm covering in this episode, as well as probably the reason most people are clicking here, the GoldenEye 007 Xbox Live Arcade Remaster Leak 
unofficial release, whatever you want to call it. So in all honesty, I actually debated bringing this up whether I should really talk about this on mod chat or not, really if it should deserve its own thing or even if it's really modding related. However, there is a bit of a modding spin I can put on this. Plus, I am truly excited about this topic and I do want to share my experiences. So if you're going to be interested in that, feel free to stay around for this portion here. But in short, getting this out of the way, yes, GoldenEye 007, the Xbox Live Arcade remaster for Xbox 360, which was never released and thought to be forgotten and even just hidden away or lost for a while, just lost media in a way, has officially leaked out. Now, I'm actually going to be showing some gameplay footage kind of interspersed with some other things that I will share on screen here, but this did end up happening on February 2nd, 2021, and it kind of started out in a way with this video here. This video ended up coming out by user Grassloo00, and it ended up being a almost two hour, just over two hour, GoldenEye 007 XBLA long play, where of course, as they show right here, they go through the entire game on double O agent mode. They're playing this on the Xenia Xbox 360 emulator, and then they play through some of the multiplayer maps as well, too. So you get a really awesome look at this like we've never seen before. Uh, prior to this, there has been, uh, I guess, a documentary style video from Rare Replay that ended up leaking out because it didn't come out onto Rare Replay, but that is the most like official type of video we've gotten. We've also gotten about a 25-30 minute gameplay from another user by the name of Rare Thief, which was uploaded, I believe, a couple of years ago, but this is probably the biggest one we've seen here. Now, the description of this video has been changed, but in short, before this, it was really saying here, hey, be patient for this, I, as in this user here, I cannot release this, however, if you are patient, the keyword here is going to be patience, there is possibly going to be a release of this online this year. Now, looking at the date here, this ended up premiering and releasing on January 29th, 2021. And much like many other people, I was thinking, okay, this will probably get some, this will be something maybe possibly we'll get later, like way later in the year. And no, February 2nd, just a few days later, we ended up getting this. Now, this is the NFO or the info file that came with the download of it. And this is just reading it out here a little bit. The info, it says, here's one of the previous versions of Project Bean from Peanut for boomers, reversers, preservation, your enjoyment. Used to require a XDK to run, we removed dev kit requirements for modded retail 360s. The hacks that were included here are removed crashing leaderboard from menu and watch, as well as replaced the 16 by 10 aspect ratio with 21 by 9. This a lot of people were excited about. There's also some cool addresses they say here if you're wanting to mod up the game. So double O for debug mode, that would be pressing the left bumper to enable debug mode. A 16 by 10 float ratio, player for PTR array, and CUR player PTR those two I'm not too familiar with on here. However, this here, the info and hacks, this is the modding section I was talking about, where just to kind of explain this here, they're talking about Project Bean, which this is what this was called. This was like officially never called GoldenEye, like the actual game package itself. It was known as Bean or Project Bean. That was just the internal name for it, and I believe probably an internal joke as well too. And when they're talking about Peanut, this is from 
from PartnerNet, which on the Xbox 360, PartnerNet was pretty much just the development version of Xbox Live, which if you had a Xbox development kit, you just connected online, you were able to access it and use it and play on there for free. It was meant for testing and for developers. However, the big thing that PNet was really attractive for, for many people who were getting XDKs who shouldn't have gotten them, is that a lot of developers were uploading their builds of games online. Granted, it was a private network, but we ended up seeing things such as this. This is from Dark Zero, and this is from, I mean, geez, 12 years ago. Look at this. But Perfect Dark Xbox Live Arcade rumored again via leaked PartnerNet photo. And as you can see right here, we eventually did get a official release of Perfect Dark on the Xbox 360, but you can see that the initial leak of it came from this screenshot from PartnerNet, because that meant that the developers at Rare had ended up uploading a build of Perfect Dark onto PartnerNet, and then other people had pulled it down, they were playing it, they were taking photos, screenshots, all that. There's other games that did not get released on the 360, such as, I believe, Max, The Curse of Brotherhood. Uh, there's even games that got announced this way, uh, just leaked out, so to speak, such as Sonic 4 Episode 1, and just countless other games. But I also wanted to bring up this really old news article here, because we've seen Bean before. If you're looking at it right here, nobody knew what it was at the time, but there is the game. It has Joanna Dark for the icon of it, so it's different than what this build is, but it's called Bean. And that, lo and behold, was actually GoldenEye. Now, from what I understand, GoldenEye was put up onto PartnerNet, and there were other games that were pulled down, there were other games that were leaked out that were announced, all of that, but GoldenEye is like the one that got away. And there are apparently a few people who had it, but they kind of just hoarded it or kept it secret or didn't want to trade it out for whatever reason. But for some reason, it was just this mythical, like this unicorn release, so to speak, that it was up for a little bit of time. And maybe a few people who weren't from Rare or weren't from Microsoft ended up downloading it, and then it was taken off of the network there. So people have been looking for this for, geez, you know, this build was actually compiled and, and you know, supposed to be released, I would presume here, in 2007 from what I've seen. So... For over 13 years, over 13 years at this point, this has not gone public. Now, much like the Master Chief Collection, this was actually going to have, and it does have, a toggle between old graphics and remastered graphics, where you just end up tapping the right bumper on the controller, and you're able to switch between the two. And it's it, it's so jarring to see that, because most people, I'm sure, are going to look at the graphics and be like, oh, you know, yeah, this is pretty much how I remember it, and then, no, you see how it looked before, and oh my god, it is a huge jump, a huge difference. Now, from what I've from what I've read, from what I've seen, there's been at least two big reasons that this game never came out. The first reason was due to Nintendo. Now, you gotta keep in mind that back in 2007, this was the Wii, the PS3, the Xbox 360. Now, this game was being developed, obviously, here for Xbox 360 and was going to release on Xbox Live Arcade. And from what I have heard from other stories, this was supposed to be on the Wii as well, too, and Microsoft was trying to work with Nintendo on this and even saying, look, I mean, we'll bankroll the operation, we just want the rights to get this game out there. 
And from what I understand, Nintendo were the ones who held it back that time around because they said essentially it was a parody issue. Not parody as in haha funny, parody. As in, there was a major platform difference. You see, you're looking at the footage here and it looks crisp, clean, beautiful. It's running in HD. It has these lovely textures. It's 60 frames per second. You wouldn't have gotten this on the Wii. The Wii was capable of outputting at 480p, it wouldn't have looked the same, probably would not have played the same, and Nintendo was saying, well, our version is objectively going to look and play worse than the Xbox 360 version for a game that people think is ours because it was in, in 64 exclusive. So because of that parody issue, Nintendo were the ones who said, no, we don't want it out there. Well, check this out. There was a re-upload of this rare replay, the making of GoldenEye 007, and this was a giant making of video. It's about 25 minutes. It's a com it's completely worth watching. And this was not released and it had to get leaked out as well too about a year or two ago because obviously this game never made it onto Rare Replay. Now Rare Replay ended up releasing in 2015, I believe. And to me, it looks like they obviously went through the effort of recording this, of talking about all this, of getting all these interviews and compiling this really great interview official from Rare because Rare was planning on releasing, hoping to release GoldenEye 007 Xbox Live Arcade for the first time on Rare Replay, which would have made it sell gangbusters. Unfortunately, from what Grasslu00 has said, and if this is to be believed, uh, this time around, the people who were blocking it ended up being the movie company, EON and MGM. They're the ones who are mainly holding on to the Bond license here, and they were the ones who really just kind of blocked a release of it because they don't want this exact game to come out they want a newer version of it so to speak because from what i understand there's certain music you can't use in bond games there's certain things you can't do if you release a bond game when it comes out it has to be using the current bond so obviously that would not work here for goldeneye 007 and we've seen it before i know goldeneye rogue agent came out which it seems like nobody talks about and i've personally never played it and then there was that goldeneye 007 Loaded, which came out on Wii, PS3, and 360, which is quite honestly one of the most forgettable games I have ever played. Uh, I'm not going to say it was good or bad, I'm just going to say I really don't remember much of it aside from the final level. Now, ironically, because it seems like, if this is to be believed, that the Bond license is held so stringently, that probably... You know, maybe that also contributes to the fact that we haven't really seen a Bond game as big or maybe as good or even as talked about as GoldenEye 007. Because if you watch the Rare Replay documentary, uh, my god, it just, I, and I mean this in the most respectful way possible, they did everything wrong with GoldenEye 007. As in, they did not make the release in, coincide with when it came out in theaters. They were trying, like the, the movie company, they wanted it out by the time it was getting a VHS release. No. GoldenEye 007, the film, came out in 1994. The game came out in 1997. When the game came out, I believe it was Kevin Lobb who ended up saying, hey, I want to send 20 copies of this game for free to every blockbuster. We'll send 20 copies to every blockbuster. If they don't like the game, they can send it back. And he said they, you know, he pushed for it, but they ended up sending out 20 copies of this game for free to rent to every blockbuster, and none of the copies came back. 
And what did that result in? That resulted it in being a classic game that is hailed for generations at this point and is still remembered fondly. That resulted in major sales, as in the game was sold out in Christmas of 97, it outsold Christmas of 97 and 98, and then it outsold Christmas of 97 and 98 sales combined in Christmas of 99. I myself, I missed out on it in the 90s. I actually ended up picking up AN64 with GoldenEye 007 in maybe 2003 or so. And even then, like years later, I picked that up because my friends on the playground were talking about it and just thought this game was cool and, you know, funny. And it was really, look, facility took place in a bathroom. We were in elementary school. We thought that was funny. Now, at this point, you know, I really just wanted to come on here and have a good excuse to talk about GoldenEye because I did not realize how much I truly loved this game here. Now, I got incredibly excited when this came online, and you know what? I'm even going to put this clip in here. This is a clip that I had shown a friend when I was trying it out on my 360 for the first time to make sure that it really was the real deal. I haven't tried this yet. Let's see. system is making weird noises too i'm not sure oh my god oh my god <laughs> oh my god oh my god oh my god <laughs> <laughs> So there we go. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was my pure reaction right there. Not trying to act, not trying to play it up or anything. That was my true reaction. At this point, I've really gotten to sink my teeth into it. I've really had a lot of fun with this here. And I have to say, it. this is probably, granted, we're only two months into this year, but this is the greatest thing I've played this year. This is what's been on my mind. Like during the day, I've been listening to the GoldenEye soundtrack because the music still absolutely slaps. And then in evenings, I'm playing GoldenEye. I'm having a lot of fun with this. Unfortunately, when it comes to multiplayer, I haven't tried that because, well, you know, social distancing and everything. So I haven't had anyone for local multiplayer. And when it comes to System Link, at least from what I have gathered and from what Modern Vintage Gamer talked about in his video that he did covering this as well too system link seems to be broken so if you're trying to do either local system link or even use system link for a LAN tunneling service unfortunately it looks like we're not going to be able to get that working unless it is fixed up and i'm really hoping the community is able to fix it up now even though i've been talking about goldeneye i want to talk about a little bit more what are my thoughts on this overall honestly i mean the the game itself this is perfect this is exactly what i wanted like, this is exactly what many, many, many people would have wanted, where they just wanted GoldenEye with modern controls and updated graphics. And honestly, it's incredible. It is incredible how much of a difference that makes and how timeless of a game it is. Like, to the point where I'm sure people who are jumping into it for the first time will still have a ton of fun. Just keeping in mind, oh, there's not going to be voice acting because this is a remaster of an older game, and they're just literally adapting this to what it is here. And there's no game-breaking glitches from what I saw in this, and any glitches that I had seen, for example, visual glitches, or I did notice, like, 
sometimes the game seems too dark and there's no brightness setting in the game. So I did have to bump up my TV's brightness setting, but those glitches I can even forgive as well too, because it's obviously an unfinished build of the game. So if this came out, no doubt these would have been ironed out. But this here, I gotta say, has been absolutely incredible, absolutely unreal, and I've truly had such a fun time playing this. Uh, I'm of the belief as well too, when it comes to Goldeneye, First of all, the when people say it doesn't age well or it's not fun to play anymore, it's the controls. The controls are the biggest issue when it comes to Goldeneye. And I believe that Goldeneye is a gem just hidden under a giant pile of garbage. On top of that garbage is the controls. And probably underneath that would be the graphics. Graphics, sure, you can adjust to and such, and you can do a few things thanks to emulation. Uh, but mind you, those are two things that really hold it back. But once you fix up the controls, once you get them remapped, once you give them a proper modern standard, and, you know, while you're in there, fix up the graphics as well too, make it actually look much, much nicer to a modern standard, make it HD, my goodness, you have a true gem of a game right there. Something that, in my opinion, is near perfect and just super fun to play. This has kind of turned into my thoughts and feelings, maybe even a little bit of a review of this, but I gotta say, I... I have absolutely loved this. For any actual hardware to play this on, it is playing just fine on modified Xbox 360s and development kits, and from what I see, the Xenia emulator seems to play this incredibly well. I have personally not tried it on Xenia, However, people seem to have little to no issues with it, depending completely on your type of PC as well too, and what specs you're going to be throwing at it, but I've been shocked at how smooth and how solid it seems to run through emulation, which goes to say a lot about how polished Xbox 360 emulation has come. I know it does have a lot more to grow and more to mature, but it seems like people are able to play many games through it start to finish with little to no issue. You know, I guess really wrapping this up here, GoldenEye is awesome. I forgot how awesome it is. When you modernize it, it's incredible. And I have not shut up about it, but for very good reason. It is that good. For anybody who's been watching the video version of this podcast, hopefully you've liked the gameplay that I've been showing on screen here from GoldenEye 007, the Xbox Live Arcade version of it, of course. This was just captured directly off of my Xbox 360 and 1080p60, and my goodness, it's it's been a very good excuse to capture gameplay, I can say that. But aside from that, you know... <laughs> I think that's enough GoldenEye talk. Let's go ahead and take a look at some of the other games that we're going to be discussing this month. So on top of long-lost canceled games being released to the public, you know what's really cool to pair up with that? Some game ports of really awesome games. Now, I've covered this several times, and in just the last episode, I actually covered the Grand Theft Auto 3 Wii U port, as well as the uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas Vita port that is being worked on. And even a quick note on that as well too, because it's going to be relevant to this, I'd even asked on that last episode why people might think that the Android port was being used for the basis of the Vita port. And it was answered, several people really came through and they were able to answer this very eloquently, but in short, it's because the Android build is working on a ARM platform, ARM, as opposed to x86, while as the Vita is also ARM. So it's much easier to port 
ARM to ARM as opposed to x86 to ARM, whether you are doing porting or emulating of that. And we're seeing kind of the same right here. So first of all, we got Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2 native ports to both the PlayStation Vita and the Nintendo Switch. I did talk about the Sonic CD port that got ported over to the Nintendo Switch, which also used the Android, or I believe it was the iOS port. Either way, it was a mobile port uh, over to the Nintendo Switch. Now here, just talking about this on the Wololo article, Unlike the Switch's Sonic CD port, these Sonic 1 and 2 ports are based upon code reverse-engineered by Rubber Ducky Cooley, with the developer behind the port itself being Hey Joey. According to the port's release page on GBA Temp, there are no significant issues that attract from the gameplay experience, but in its current state, there is no support for analog stick controls, although that is in the pipeline. That's a little disappointing, but, you know, we'll see here soon, hopefully. As with Sonic CD, one needs to extract the data.rsdk file from the Android or iOS versions of the games after installing the supplied NRO files, but it is important to state that the iOS versions are free to download, albeit a little more annoying to get. Well, that's good to know. Now, as for Vita here, moving over to Sony's latest handheld console that will be celebrating its 10th birthday this year. Jeez, it's been that long. All right. The PS Vita also got ports of Sonic 1 and 2 thanks to developer Zianamo. I believe that's how we say it. Similar to the Switch ports, the Vitas are also based on Rubber Ducky Cooley's reverse-engineered code, and while they mostly function well, there are some important points to keep in mind. Now for the Vita, this is it. The ports run at an internal resolution of 480 by 272 which allows them to fit properly on the Vita's 16x9, 960x544 screen. In some parts of the port, such as the title screen, there might be some minor graphical glitches due to the port normally rendering at 416x240, but these do not greatly affect gameplay. Zianamo notes that special stages are slow and require your Vita to be overclocked for a better experience. Use a plugin like Electri's PS SV shell does the trick as it allows you to ramp up your Vita clock speed to 444 MHz and even 494 500 MHz. There might be some slowdowns in certain instances due to music changing or certain sound effects being played. Some hours ago, another version was released to fix some crashing issues with the initially released version. Now here, similar to the Switch's port, you need to grab the data.rsdk file from the Android and iOS ports of the games in order to actually play them once installing the VPK files. Sonic 1 and 2 have also been ported to the Vita by Sonic Master, who is behind the console's initial Sonic CD ports using the same reverse-engineered code base. So there's been multiple implementations of this, which is good to see. And we're still not done with Sonic here, because Sonic 3 Air, aka Angel Island Revisited, which is a fan-made widescreen remaster of Sonic 3 and Knuckles, has been ported to the Nintendo Switch. Now, as it says right here, this is actually pretty nice to set this up. Before downloading, please make sure you have the Steam version of Sonic 3 and Knuckles installed on your computer. You'll need to copy the ROM file from this version of the game to your Switch's SD card, and that is something I do remember. Several of the classic Genesis games that have been re-released on Steam are just emulators that have the Genesis ROMs on there, and it's not in like a .bin format or even like a like .gen, for example, if that is even one. I think no, it's just the .bin, but either way, I mean, I've seen people state, hey, 
you can get this, especially when the games are free. You can redeem it on your Steam library, download it, and this is the file, and you might have to rename it, but that is the actual ROM that you just obtained easily without dumping equipment, without having to go to a ROM site, nothing like that. So that's nice to see. So either way, they have a really easy way of grabbing that there. And then as for all of this, you really just have to copy the homebrew over to your Switch's SD card in the proper folder and copy over the respective .bin file where it needs to go. And this is pretty cool too. Just this last note, mods can be placed at Switch slash Sonic 3 Air slash save data slash mods and activate it in game. So you can use mods with this as well too. Awesome. I've actually never played Sonic 3 Air, but I do need to. I've been told good things about it and it's looked great I just haven't played it as for our last game port here this is something that came out of complete left field for me I was not expecting this at all and this is from FGS FDS as well as the flow the flow has really been I I think he's just been working on getting some of his favorite games working on one of his favorite handhelds but here this is Max Payne for the PlayStation Vita and PlayStation TV yet again based on the Android build now, this is right now available on Vita TV, or Vita DB, excuse me, and just look at these screenshots here. This actually looks really good. Like, look at these screenshots that are coming up. There is also an official GitHub page which states this is a wrapper slash port of the Android version of Max Payne Mobile. It loads the original game binary, patches it, and runs it. This is probably not entirely stable yet, so expect issues. Now, it looks like this isn't just like little run this VPK and you're done. It's not that type of port here because it looks like here it's recommending to install KuBridge the same way you'd install other SKPRX plugins, which I've personally not used that. There's also a optional FD fix that you need to install if you don't want your game to crash on suspend, which would be good. And you have to extract a runtime shader compiler. Like, all of these I have not done or seen before. And once you go through all this here, it looks like you'll need the APK file for this. That is going to be, you know, the actual Android installation for Max Payne. And you're going to need the VPK, which will be over at the releases page right here. And all the instructions are available on this as well, too. But yeah, this is, huh, this is definitely interesting to see. I'm very happy with this port here and the progress that it's made. For example, we've seen, you know, now two more releases since the initial release, and even some of the more recent change log fixes have been. Fixed memory leak related to entering pause menu. Game will now look for files and UMA0, IMC0, in addition to UX0. And the game now checks if data files and Kubridge are present and shows an air screen if it can't find something. So that is really needed there. And now the touchscreen are mapped to L1, R1 instead of L3, R3 since the game doesn't read L3 and R3. This is definitely a lot more than I typically see for setting up a game port. However, it's still really awesome to see nonetheless. So I do need to give this a shot. There's just been, you know what? There's been a lot of Goldeneye, all right, recently. There's been a lot of Goldeneye that's been played. All right, and we haven't done one of these in a bit, it seems, but typically I like to find something modding-related that is kind of cool or weird or quirky and what have you and throw it in at the end here. So for this, I figured I would share this little thread here on Twitter in which uh, ThomasNet underscore MC had said, Nintendo is preparing a big multiplayer overhaul, probably for games and development in 2020. Every task currently takes taken by NEX is going to be switched over to NPLN. It's currently in a preview phase, and the Monster Hunter demo was a way to test how it worked under load. No other games implement that library yet. 
Actually, I got reports from multiple people that online play is notably better than other games and works on mobile data slash NAT environments previously incompatible with Nex. Seems like a huge success. And it is also noted that 3 Super Mario 3D World does not support or implement NPLN. So that kind of goes without saying here that any older games, such as if you're expecting Smash Bros to be fixed or any other game, they would need update to implement NPLN. Now, the reason why this is such a big deal, and this to me is funny and worth sharing on here, is because Oatmeal Dome is actually the user who had brought this to my attention, in which they said, Nintendo is replacing its multiplayer server system, Nex, used in most, if not all, their online games since 3DS slash Wii U with a new system called NPLN. And it states here, of course, the Monster Hunter Rise demo was the first game to use this publicly. Now, it's stated down here in their second tweet, I talked about what Nex is in my article about Splatoon 2's match pay, gink, and netcode. As I said there, Nex is at least 18 years old by now, so it's dated. Hell, the Splatoon 2 version has an unused function to check to see if it's running on Windows 98. I am not making this up here. So Nintendo pretty much set up a online system back in the GameCube days. That's what people have been saying. This is back in the GameCube days with like Fantasy Star Online. And the system that we are playing on now, the same backbone, is what was used back then. <laughs> Oh my god, I cannot believe that. So there we go. That is about it for this episode of Mod Chat. Hopefully you all enjoyed this. This was full of mods and even more full of some awesome games right here, as well as the gameplay that you have been seeing. Hopefully you all have enjoyed the gameplay just as much as I had capturing it here. Now, I like to do a keyword at the end of these episodes, and for anyone who doesn't know, I pick some kind of word or phrase that you can use in a comment on the YouTube upload, and if you use this word or phrase in a comment, I will know you made it to the end. So how about Sharpie? If you use the word Sharpie in a comment, do you like Sharpies? Were you warned to not sniff Sharpies when you were a kid? Were you ever a Sharpie hater? Did you... I, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but either way, if you use the word Sharpie in your comment on the YouTube upload, I will know you made it to the end of this episode of Mod Chat. Anyways, that is about it for this episode of Mod Chat. If you enjoyed this episode, a like would absolutely be appreciated. If you didn't like it, a dislike is fine as well too. But this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for listening and watching everyone. Until next time.